Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of Passion Project, the podcast about passionate people and the things that drive them. I'm your host, Taylor Reed, and welcome, guys, to another episode. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, whatever you're celebrating out there. Um, hope you guys are having a good time this holiday season. Um, I want to let you guys know that uh, after this episode, there's only going to be two episodes left of the year. Um, on Christmas Day will be your last episode of 2020, guys. It's been a big year for this show. I want to thank you to all the listeners um, and everyone that's listened to the show. I love you and thank you for coming back each week. Um, so after this episode, we will have two episodes left. And then we will be coming back in January of 2020. And you don't want to miss next year as well, you guys. Also, if you are just tuning in, please go ahead and follow us on social media, passionproject.pod at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and send us an email. Also, if you didn't know, um, go ahead and subscribe or follow on our Apple podcast if that's where you're listening to. Um, Also, go ahead and leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you guys. And if you want to reach out to the show, reach out to me. Go ahead and send us an email at passionprojectpod.org at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you guys. This week on Passion Project, what a pleasure and a delight to have wonderful friend of the show, Mariah Kornoski, on this week's episode, episode 32 of Passion Project. Hear all about um, how she wanted to become um, a dolphin trainer, what she is doing currently at the Miami Sea Aquarium. Hear about her growing up in the United Arab Emirates and how that changed her life and how it helped her become more open um, and loving to different people groups around her. So without further ado, here's episode 32 of Passion Project. Do you listen to any podcasts? Oh my gosh, yes. I yeah. um, Most of the ones that I listen to are about, honestly, like true crime stuff. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, just they're super so popular. Oh, yeah. Um, like Serial was Cereal. a big one that I was into. And yeah. then I just started listening to one called Up and Vanished. Um, but yeah, so most of the ones that I listen to are either like true crime, like, like a story that I follow, or um, honestly, like ones about my field and mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. just kind of what people are discovering and stuff. So um, but yeah, but it's cool because cool. I, I listen like I've listened to yours, which is cool to just like hear people's passions and their journeys, yeah. um, which is really cool. But yours, I would say, is like one of the few that I listen to that is um, like it's not like a continuation of a story. Like it's like right. each single episode is just like a fun conversation. How interesting would it be if it was a continuation of a story? <laughs> <laughs> episode after episode. Yeah, episode. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking this morning that I really should just name this like friends from college. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like every episode I'm like, oh yeah, we went in school, we went to Liberty and I'm like, oh wow, there's like a connect. I guess you just like meet people like that's college, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Especially I feel like Liberty too, like is just, I don't know how it is now, but like before it was just kind of like you're meeting people from every walk of life that they were in and like every like there's just different countries different cities like all these different things and then I feel like we just had like a natural connection because you all like are you just have that relationship with Christ which naturally bond you and so then it's just like 
don't well, know. Well, and then our major, obviously, when you're in majors, the same major, it's yeah. like automatically you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. we, we <laughs> like enjoy some of the with same, the same stuff. I'm yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I always tell people like you wouldn't you would be surprised how many uh psych majors actually have a lot of mental health issues. <laughs> That's literally like a running joke in my family. All three, like my two older sisters and I, like oh, we right, all right, right. in psych. And so all of us were like, maybe we were trying to like deal with our own problems. <laughs> maybe that's why we chose psychology. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure subconsciously a lot of people do that. And maybe and I'm sure consciously too. Yeah, yeah, probably a mixture of both. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, well, Mariah, welcome to Passion Project. Thank you. Um, I want to make sure I get this correct. Is it um Kornowski? Kornowski. Oh, Kornowski, dang it. Yes. <laughs> Polish <So>, now. <laughs> um, for listeners, she recently got married, like two weeks, yeah. right? Or three? I don't know. Um, yeah, almost, a almost a month. Almost yeah, a month. almost a okay. month. In just a few days, it'll be a month. So exciting! Yeah, getting so married. Crazy. We we've been we went to, well, my wife went to one wedding during COVID, okay. and then we went to another one together because the first one was just like really small, mm-hmm. and then we went to another one. But weddings during COVID, man. I mean, <laughs> my gosh, this is literally ins- insane. Yeah. Like I knew that planning a wedding was stressful in general, but then you throw yeah. COVID in there and like, man, I was all over the place with my anxiety. <laughs> like, yeah. Crazy. My wife, like, well, and we went to a wedding in January and at that point we had been invited to like six other weddings. So we oh, were yeah. prepared for the year to go to six weddings. Yes. And then obviously COVID hit and we were like, mm-hmm. oh, I guess that's not happening. Or... <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and, um. My wife turned to me like halfway through April and was like, I'm so glad we're not planning a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> right? And I oh, was like, she's like, I mean this and like I get like other people are stressed, but like mm-hmm. she's like, I'm so glad we're just married. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. Well, and that was something interesting too. Like my, my now husband um, mm-hmm. and I had to like talk about in it when people were like postponing their weddings or you just yeah. shrinking down their guest list, like we really had to discuss you know, what that would look like. And so it was like, at the end of the day, what matters the most to us? And it was Mm. like, what matters the most is that regardless of what it looks like, we still get married on that day. Like we chose that day. We're prepared for that day because we got engaged in November of 2019. Um, So by the time COVID hit, we were like kind of halfway through our engagement. And, um, and so that was when it was just like, what's most important is that we get married, even if it's in a courthouse. Like we were like, even if it's like, I was watching other people's COVID weddings and they did it in like someone's backyard. And I was like, even if it's just that, and people are sitting in their cars watching us, like I was like, regardless, we're getting married. Yeah. Right. And, um, listen, aren't courthouse weddings like all the thing now too? Yeah. Apparently that's the thing. Or like, even like small, like elopements, everybody's eloping. So, um, yeah, so that was like, that was kind of our motivation to not postpone it because mm. it was like, regardless, like we're getting married, you know, if we end up not having a legit ceremony until like a year later, right. then that's fine. But like, we're getting married. Mm. So, and a mm. lot of people, like we got some pushback, not from our like closest friends and family, but it was mm. like just other like brides that I knew that were like, Oh right. my gosh, you're not postponing. And I was like, yeah. no, because this is what's most important. Like, I'm so excited to marry this man. And I don't want that to like be, right. I don't know, pushed off at all. Like, yeah. you know, I don't care about the big party and the glitz and the glam. Like, yes, that would be wonderful. But like at the mm. same time, what matters is that we're starting like a union together. So, yeah. um, yeah. So that was kind of our motivation. And then God, well, that leads and, perfectly yeah. into my first question. <laughs> <laughs> Transitions are yeah. so great. Um, 
Well, obviously during the, this time has just been crazy. 2020, I mean, we, my wife and I were literally just talking how like, it, we're just ready for 2020 to be over. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time this comes out, we'll be closer for, to it coming over. <laughs> for, yes, for it to so be close. coming over. Um, <clears throat> but what has been, obviously you have a unique experience too of like, you know, planning a wedding and all of that during COVID. But um, yeah, what has this time been like for you? How have you been processing? I mean, there's a lot to process. You're also, you were in Florida, so you weren't really around family, if, I, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, what has this time been like for you? <laughs> yeah, um, honestly, man, just like such a wild ride. So, mm-hmm. um, so I was doing an internship at Clearwater Marine Aquarium in Clearwater, Florida. Um, and so when COVID first happened, I was interning um three days a week and then i was working at the aquarium as their volunteer coordinator Mm. for four days a week so i was like busy seven days a week um and to kind of survive doing an unpaid (laughs) internship um at my age is a lot but um (laughs) but so when covid first hit i got furloughed from my actual job and then yeah so i was furloughed for that but then the internship was still like going on so even though Mm. the aquarium closed down to the public like they still needed help with the animals so um so I was still going in for that and that was so stressful like living out of my savings and Mm. you know wondering how I was going to make rent for the next month and my mom actually does live for that stimulus check (laughs) right oh my gosh that was a game changer and uh, man and yeah. that was, my mom does live um, two hours south of me. And so, oh, okay. yeah, so she was kind of close. And so we actually had a very strong conversation about what would happen if I couldn't pay for rent and I needed to go move in with her for a little bit right. and in my internship and like all this different stuff. And it was just so interesting because even though that, like this whole COVID time has been so stressful, like God was just so faithful throughout the whole Mm. thing. And so just as I was getting to like the low of the low of my savings that have I've ever seen, like the stimulus check came and I was like, Oh Mm. my gosh, I can make rent. Like I can still live here and continue on this internship. Um, and what was also frustrating is that, uh, I had actually just interviewed, um, for the position that I actually now work at. Um, back in March. And so talk about like the longest interview of my entire life. It was like a six month long interview with everything. (laughs) Um, Because I interviewed and then they shut down and they were like, well, we're now on a hiring freeze. So I was like, okay, cool. Mm. Um, So yeah, so it was So did it go well or? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, what happened? Um, But yeah, so that, so like the initial part of COVID was just insane. And then Mm. the guilt of planning a wedding, knowing how expensive weddings are. And I was like, I don't even know if I'm going to make rent next month. Like I feel so guilty trying to save this money and spend it on a wedding. Like, mm. so that was really interesting. Um, and then kind of like the, the highs of, you know, things started slowly opening back up and then mm. I was able to come back to work one day a week. And then it was like, right. okay, that's a little bit of income that can help me. And so then it was just kind of like the, the roller coaster of a ride for sure. Um, mm. and, and Florida has been, kind of really interesting with everything like my little yeah, needless to say so interesting. <laughs> um, my little county that I lived in has been like very strict the entire time and mm. so it was just really interesting because for me I was like 
I wear a mask everywhere. Like I go to Walmart and I wear a mask. Like they limit the number of people that can go into Walmart. So you're waiting in line for like an hour before you Mm. even get into the Walmart building. Like, you know, so, which was also kind of terrifying because you're like, oh my gosh, is this like apocalyptic? Like what is that? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Is this contagion right now? Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, uh, that movie. Um, But yeah. And so it was just like really interesting the whole journey of still kind of having a life, but also like not Mm. having a paid life, like, you know, and then also planning the wedding on top of that. It was was all very interesting, but it it was just like so incredible because like, I feel like in a way it made my faith even stronger because Mm. when I thought that like, man, like crap was going to hit the fan, like it, God all of a sudden was like, Hey, you're staying faithful and you're still leaning on me. Like, here you go. And, mm. and it wasn't like, it was like, I want a million dollars, but it was like, this right. will help get me a couple more weeks. And then I'll continue to just be like, Hey, God's got it. No matter what mm. happens, like I will just continue to trust in him. Um, so yeah, so definitely a wild ride. Yeah. I think in the end, like, and, and Michael and I talked to like it, it put a lot of like stress on our relationship, but then it made mm. us that much more stronger and it made us really be like, what do we truly care about? Like, right. you know, what matters the most to us in this materialistic world? Like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and how does that look and what are we willing to do for our careers and for each other? And, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, so even though it's been so stressful and I, in a lot of ways am excited for 2020 to be over, yes, like yes. at the same time, I think 2020 in some very odd ways, may be one of my favorite years. Whoa, that's some big statements there. Yeah, <laughs> well, listen, so I mean, you did have a lot of big things happen to you. So, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of change and transition, which yeah. is exciting and fun. But yeah, I want to ask you, and you can go into this as much as you want, of course. <laughs> um, but that feelings of the, of like guilt, like what, because I think all of us in a way have felt like if we're doing something fun or doing a good thing or like we do feel it's like oh am I allowed to feel these feelings um like what is that like how did you process all of that even yeah so um so it was it was really interesting because back in April um one of so (laughs) my sister's husband so my brother-in-law his Mm. brother's wife so my brother-in-law's sister-in-law um Mm. i don't know if you know them but kim and curtis johnson um (laughs) so kim johnson is a wedding photographer and so actually back in april she started this like covid bride retreat like virtual retreat kind of thing and just like invited a lot of um different girls that she knew who were engaged that were trying to plan Mm. a COVID wedding. And she had therapists come and talk. She had wedding planners come and talk. She had, um, you know, different brides who had done like a COVID wedding right in the heart of April, Mm. like, Mm -hmm. um, different things like that, just come and speak. And it was so amazing one to have this connection with all of these other brides who are like feeling the same feelings. Like some people were feeling guilty that they got married right before COVID happened and could have a normal Mm. wedding. Some people Mm -hmm. were feeling guilty that, um, you know, they were trying to spend all this money, but also like, didn't know how they were going to afford life. And, um, and so it was really interesting. And, and it was also the emotion of this thing is constantly changing. And back Mm -hmm. in April, it was like, oh yeah, we're going to be in this till June and then it's going to be fine. And, you know, and, oh, but there could be a second wave coming. And so it's Mm -hmm. just like the, the stress of like, do I keep planning this or 
do I just call it now? But if I call it now and it happens to be okay in a month, like, am I going right. to be mad at myself? And so just the constant changing of like, and with me being in October, it was like, okay, right now it's April and I'm okay. And our wedding is still okay. Mm. However, I'm also mourning the fact that it may not be okay. Right. And, um, and so it was really interesting. So I actually like that retreat, that virtual retreat was so big for me. Um, mm. in just like allowing me to almost feel validated, I would mm. say in all of my mixed emotions that I was feeling. Um, right. but also to just give me those resources, like to, be able to process that information. And, and I mean, being like a psychology major, I'm all right. about like, teach me how to process this, like, <laughs> you know? And, um, and I like, man, I love, well, this therapy. is therapy. I hope you know. <laughs> yes. I literally like, I love therapy. I love like resources of psychology. Yeah. I love being able to just have people who like understand that subject and can help grow you and help mm. you like deal with stuff. And so, yeah. um, so yeah, so that honestly, like that retreat changed me. Like it was like, okay, let me kind of get through this. Um, and then I think also like I, and I was talking to Michael about this too, like when it was all happening, but I have gone through a lot in life and, mm. and sometimes didn't think I was going to make it out on the other side, but ultimately, like, I think if I wouldn't have dealt with all of that growing up, then I don't think I would have been able to handle this moment as mm -hmm. well as I did. Um, mm -hmm. and, and that was really interesting because like, even as I was going through it, I was like, man, like dealing with this stress right now, like five years ago would have broken me, but like, mm -hmm. I am okay. Like I am okay. Right. And I can get through this. And so I think that was like having those resources and being able to be like, okay, like, let me process this. Let me talk this through. And I tried with Michael and he, you know, he was like, I don't fully understand because I'm not a girl who's dreamed about her wedding for like, you know, your entire life. Come on, um, Michael. Uh. I know, right? And, um, but he tried his best. He did really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, but like my sisters who both had psych mm. degrees and my one sister is actually getting licensed to be a therapist. And so it was like, yeah. we just were really good about processing with each other. And, um, and they were, my two sisters were, were there for me so much throughout that process, mm. just checking in being like can we do anything like yeah you know how are you feeling and so I think mm. just even having people be like we understand that this is difficult can we help like or mm -hmm. just know that we're here and I think that was nice because like I know a lot of other brides had some experiences where it was like their family was like no I don't even understand why you're stressed out about this and right, right, you know right. and I didn't have that like thankfully mm -hmm. for the most part like my loved ones and closest friends were all very understanding, which was so mm. helpful. Yeah, that's great. That's mm. great. I wanted to ask lastly about all this COVID stuff is, and that what you just mentioned, the whole bride retreat thing is so cool. And I'm mm. sure there were dozens of other things like that for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, but I wonder how you've been doing like self-care during this time. Yeah. Um, any like tips and tricks you can tell the kids out there? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, so it's, <laughs> it's interesting because um, I definitely felt myself like getting in a rut. Like it was just kind of mm. like, okay, like I go into this internship, I come home and I'm already tired and I can't do anything. So yeah. I'm just gonna sit on my couch and watch Netflix. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Routine I, was kind of like out the window for yeah, at least for oh, 100%, 100%. <laughs> um, but it was, it was really fun. So there was like, there was a time where I literally like all I could do was just sit in my living room. And so mm -hmm. like Michael was here and we built a fort 
in the living room mm. and that was when like tiger king was a thing so we like yeah, binge yeah, watched yeah. tiger king inside of a fort like <laughs> doesn't that you know? feel like a million years ago oh my too? Gosh, right yeah. <laughs> i like can't believe that that was literally the same year um but yeah so like so we we built a fort and we watched tiger king like and mm. then it was literally like a week later i was like okay we need to take this fort down like i need to change the scenery <laughs> so we like took the fort down and it was like a brand new living room already mm. and um and so it was like different things like that and and i am a big proponent so um like i struggled for years with depression and so throughout mm. that like i remember one of my therapists something that she said was just so like it just has stuck with me and so she had just explained like find something in a time of stress that can just naturally make you laugh because when you mm -hmm. laugh, like you have all these chemicals in your brain that kind of are like changing things and mm -hmm. it just helps to uplift your spirit. And so, um, like I love comedy shows and so mm -hmm. like watching friends, watching yeah. new girl, like, um, I, I didn't do it this round, but like one of my go-tos is the TV show psych. Um, mm -hmm. and so, and, and now the Goldbergs I think is hilarious. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah. So there's just like, for me, it was like, what's so funny is like friends is such a safe place for me and mm. so if i just was kind of like okay like i'm watching this documentary or i'm watching this action movie or like something like that and i could just feel myself getting into this little like bubble of sadness then mm. um then i would be like okay i'm gonna put friends on which also mm. i think friends coming off of netflix was like the initial start of a bad 2020 um <laughs> that was when we knew yeah no for sure what? for sure um, uh, but, i like to call yeah. them like warm blanket shows like yes. you're putting on like a, mm -hmm. like gilmore girls for me is like i love those gilmore shows yeah you just feel like oh this is it's like comfort mm -hmm. food mm -hmm. yeah yeah. And it can just like naturally make you laugh. I, my sister actually for my birthday back in January got me the box set of friends. So I have oh, all everything great. now, which is oh. like a game changer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so just like something, so like I would find myself, I'm like, okay, if I'm going to sit on the couch and watch TV, because that's kind of all I can do right now mm. because everything's closed in life, then I'm going to watch something that will just naturally make me laugh and like mm. uplift my spirit. And so yeah. like, that was a big one. Um, Honestly, like doing an internship where you smell like fish all day, you don't really want to like self-care we'll that much. Into more like, of that now. Yeah. You're just kind of like, uh, I just don't, I'm going to smell bad anyway. So like, I don't feel like doing my hair or doing my makeup or right. showering, like, you know, so, um, so that, that was also kind of tricky. And so even on like our days off, like, um, Michael, cause he got furloughed throughout that whole process too. So he was like truly quarantined. Um, and so like mm -hmm. we would go on like little dates and that date could be that we would just go walk around somewhere right. like, you know, find some fresh air and, and go walk like my apartment complex that I lived in, like it had just like a beautiful little pond in the middle and so like mm. my dog was getting walked constantly like <laughs> and so I'm sure she was kind of like loving life and hating it at the same time um yeah. but it was like little things like that that was like okay let's just go for a walk let's mm. you know just switch up because now we have all of this free time mm -hmm. like let's mm -hmm. do something that we can do like yeah. within the parameters and stuff so yeah. it definitely was tricky and mm. um for sure but I think what I really focus on was the little things. And mm. honestly, like for me, my philosophy is like, if you can get all of the little things, then it actually leads into a big thing. Whereas if you're just right. like, let me do something big and out there and crazy, like then, okay, sure. You do that one time, but then you have nothing else to like make right. that foundation. 
So all the little things mm-hmm. of, you know, watching lighthearted TV shows or yeah. just going for a walk because I could, like different mm-hmm. things like that, I think really yeah. helped to get me through. Essentially kind of like taking one step at a time and oh, yeah. yeah, taking it as you can. I mean, that's kind of what we all did too, but like, yeah, mm-hmm. taking it as we can, processing it as we can. I've been saying on the show that like this time I feel like has been, we've been forced to like self-reflect yes. <laughs> and like, like the whole world has like been forced to like look in a mirror and be like, okay, what are my, my faults or my whatever, um, yes. which is oh good gosh, and yes. bad. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I haven't figured it out yet, but, um, <laughs> yeah. um, but I love hearing people's self-care because I mean, regardless of, you know, if we get a vaccine or, you know, this thing is, you know, we're, we're not talking about it. Like self-care is so important regardless of what time we're in. Mm-hmm. Um, so even if, you know, five years from now, someone listens to this, you know, <laughs> they'll be like, what was COVID? <laughs> yeah. What was they, they, they can still find comfort in like self-care things that we, mm-hmm. we, um, we did for ourselves so thank you for sharing um well i want to swerve swerve away from covid (laughs) because too too much it's too much um so we're going to talk all about mariah which is so fun (laughs) well for people that don't know yet is we actually met in another country yeah so crazy so crazy we we went to the same college um Mm. but we were on an internship with our school in Greece and I think like third day I want to say like third day we met yeah Yeah. but we literally like there's so many people I think I knew like maybe three people that were going on that trip like and there was like 20 I think yeah and and one other guy (laughs) (laughs) and like all girls if anyone wants to know anything about psychology majors it's that there's like a million girls and five guys yeah (laughs) yeah the ratio is not very good (laughs) yeah yeah if a man's looking for a wife you know go major in psychology like you'll find some pretty awesome girls (laughs) true true maybe some like interest very interesting ones but then some um (laughs) some most of them are very uh 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 understand a lot about yeah. themselves yeah there you go very self-reflective yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah self-aware um I'm, we're speaking very generally but <laughs> yeah yeah um but yeah we met I mean I think from what I remember we just I, I we just had this very automatic connection mm-hmm. um and also when it's almost like summer camp, like you're on a trip oh gosh, yes. and you're like, oh my gosh, we're best friends. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but we, yeah, I remember us like, especially one day we were driving around a lot in a bus and we mm-hmm. like sat, we like talked like the whole time. Oh um, gosh, yes. I know. Doesn't that, ugh, what, what, what great times? What, what are we what doing? Great now? Times. Like, <laughs> I know. Take me back to Greece, please. No. Ugh. And then you, I think, did you go on that trip to, um, with Carrie and. Yeah. yeah. Listen, Canada. every time I look yeah. back on it, I'm like, why didn't I go with them? <laughs> yes. Well, it was very expensive. You guys, yeah. you guys were like, you should have came. And I was like, I, I don't know. And then- I know. Literally, we were like, you should have done it. Um, yeah, yeah, that was, we literally woke up ridiculously early on like a whatever our weekend and went was. to santorini yeah. right that's mm-hmm. what it was yeah flew into santorini mm-hmm. like at like seven in the morning and then flew Insane. back out of santorini to athens at like 
I don't know, eight o'clock. Don't you feel like now you would be like, why? I would never do that in one day. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what was I thinking? I'm so, I'm so tired now. Oh my gosh, yes. But also at the same time, like, I feel like for me, like traveling, I just get this like, like you're just like kind of excited and you're like, I can do anything. Mm -hmm, Like, you know, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. either that or just really tired too, because it's exhausting. (laughs) You just kind of push through and you're like, well, I'm never going to be here again. So yes, yes, exactly. And then you're like, I'll pay for this when I'm jet lagging back in America. Like, (laughs) right. Right. Um, so yeah, so we met that and then, you know, obviously college friends, like I said, this is just going to be friends from college is really what it's going to be called now. Um, I love how you but, refer to it as summer camp too. Cause like, it's literally like when you're on those kind of trips, mm-hmm. you're like, we're best friends. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Where have you been all my life? Yeah. We're in our own little bubble. And then you get back to like campus and back in America <laughs> and you're like, Oh wait, I also have my own bubble of friends yeah, here yeah, and yeah, our yeah. bubbles mm-hmm. don't really match. Like, you mm-hmm. know, so I think yeah. it is, it's just really interesting because summer camp is like a perfect explanation. It's for so this. true. And it's not, it's like, yeah, it's, it's really like you only have this shared experience together and, um, but yeah, you do have your own friends, but you also are like, these guys are cool too. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like I think but, I stopped by like lunch one day and saw you and Cat and because you yeah. all you ever did was talk about Cat and so I was like I well, need to listen. meet her. <laughs> I know. I know. It's so funny. We were talking about a lot of big things like marriage even then, and that was like even like a year or two, a year and a half before we got engaged. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so it's just crazy to look back on like what 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 was I even talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Did I really see something? I don't know. (laughs) Well, I hope I did. Yeah. (laughs) Now. Um, But yeah, to set the stage for people, like that's where we met and um, fast friends. Yeah. (laughs) Instant (laughs) Um, connection. (laughs) Instant. And so I want to talk, of course, about your upbringing. You have a very interesting upbringing. I mean, it's, I, I think when I, I think honestly, when I first met, you you were the first person maybe I think this is maybe really bad and when my <laughs> wife listens back to this she'll be like what are you talking about um I don't I don't think I really even knew what United Arab Emirates was before yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> I gotta really be does. honest um <laughs> and we're usually I just say Dubai that. and actually you're not the first person on this show who has lived there before um, oh wow okay interestingly enough the listeners know no the listeners (laughs) um but so you're uh, from what I know you were you were born in Virginia right or am I incorrect okay no that's correct (laughs) (laughs) but you lived for I think like five years right in Mm -hmm. United Arab Emirates from what I know yeah so but yeah talk about like all of that like growing up in the states and then moving to another country like what was that like and like yeah what was all that like yeah so um yeah so I was born and raised in uh Franklin County Virginia which is ridiculously country um so born and raised there lived there like same house same church same school everything same small group of friends um until I was 13 I just turned 13 um so from like being raised, having the same routine. I also was a very extreme introvert. I've now kind of hidden that a little bit. Um, so I can pretend to be an extrovert. Um, but yeah, I was like super introverted, very shy as a kid, like had my core group of like two friends. And, um, I remember you telling me that in Greece and I was like, really? Yeah. <laughs> like that you were an introvert. I was like, 
what? <laughs> <laughs> Moving, it'll change you. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so yeah, so I was just like, I thrived off of routine, which is mm. funny because I still do in a sense. Um, but I, that was like my own little bubble and I loved my bubble and, and I also knew nothing else. And so when my parents were like, Hey, we're feeling called, um, to be missionaries, like overseas somewhere. And, and I was like, what? Like, I've never (laughs) even been out of the country. Like, I think I had been to Canada. Like, you know, like I was Mm. like, I don't even understand this. And um, what's an airplane? (laughs) Yeah, I know. I was like, what? And, um, and so yeah, so my parents, like, they, we ended up originally going over with uh, the IMB, the International Mission mm-hmm. Board, um, and so, which is a Southern Baptist uh, missions company, so I grew up Southern Baptist, um, and so, yeah, so we, like, con- connected with them and, and had to do this, like, two-month-long training, and then we, mm-hmm. um, they originally gave us, like, three different countries that we could choose from, and we ended up going with the UAE. Um, and my dad's a doctor. And so that was kind of like, he was able to get a work visa into the country. Mm, Um, and yeah, so when I was 13, like the middle of seventh grade, um, which is now that I'm like, have psychology in my background, that is such a core developmental (laughs) year. (laughs) Yes. I'm like, way to move me in the middle of my life. Especially for a girl too. Like it's not even... Yeah. Oh my gosh, there's so much. Well, and it's funny because the IMB used to have, I don't know if they still do, but they used to have a rule that was like, once your kids hit a certain age, you're not cleared to move over, like be a oh, first wow. time mover overseas. Mm-hmm. And so I like being 13, that was the year like, and my sister was a junior in high school. So she was mm-hmm. what, like 16, 17. And yeah. so we technically should not have been cleared to move overseas, but <laughs> we were, um, which now I'm grateful for in the time I was very angry about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but so then we moved over to the UAE, which like, the Middle East is just a big culture shock. Like I was like, why can't I move to Paris? Like, you know, like what in the world? Um, Can I be Emily in Paris, please? Yeah. Right. And, um, and so, and we lived in, uh, like a little Bedouin kind of oasis city Mm. called Al Ain. Um, and so that was like an hour and a half inland from Dubai. So, um, so not touristy whatsoever. Um, and so, yeah, so we moved there. There was like a small cluster of Americans that lived there. Um, would you categorize it as country? Like for that, um, like how Franklin County is country for America? Like, (laughs) is that country for the UAE? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like when you think of like, it's just very traditional, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. So like, um, all of the Arab men are in their like white outfits and all of mm-hmm. the women are wearing their burqas and their, you know, mm-hmm. like just like everything like that, like very traditional. Um, and so like, even for me, like I had to learn, like technically we didn't have to dress conservatively, but it was like, right. we're trying to minister to these people. And so I want them to feel mm-hmm. comfortable with me. So like, I always wore pants. I always wore long sleeves. I always wore, if I was wearing shirts, like shirts that covered you were my bottom. sweating like, all the time. Yes, literally. <laughs> and, um, which thankfully like we were very, Alain is very like dry heat. So it would be 120 mm. degrees, but it was like completely dry with no humidity. So, mm. um, so it was a very interesting type of heat. So you didn't miss um, Virginia at all. <laughs> yeah, not at all. Um, yeah. So it was really interesting. So from my halfway through seventh grade until the, the summer before my senior year of high school, we lived over there. And like the first couple years over there, I culture shocked so hard. And of course I'm an mm. introvert. So like my parents are like, okay, you're going to go to youth group. 
you're going to go to church. You're because we did have a church, like an international mm-hmm. church there and, um, and stuff like that. And I'd be like, no, I really don't want to. And they couldn't threaten <laughs> to ground me because that's exactly what I wanted. Like I wanted to right. not have to go out into the world. Um, and so, and so then they would be like, okay, well, we're going to take away your books and we're going to take away TV and we're going to literally make your life like terrible. If you stay inside of this apartment right now, mm-hmm. <laughs> you may be able to sit here, but you're not going to do anything. And so, um, so they ended up like just really pushing me out of my comfort zone, which I was very upset about at first. Um, but then honestly, like, what was retrospect is 2020 isn't it right um what was a big game changer for me was um I did I did like a all-girls school my eighth grade year and that did not go well so then we did a um a I was homeschooled online my ninth grade and that also didn't go well so by 10th grade my parents were like okay like something needs to change like you're not Mm. you're not adapting well to this life it's been two years like something needs to change so they put me in this international school um, I was literally the only American in thousands <laughs> of kids. Um, but they put me in this international school and I opened up, like it mm. changed my whole life. And like all of the students there were Lebanese, Palestinian, like, um, we had Syrian, we had Jordanian, we had, um, some local kids and then like Pakistani kids. And so it mm. literally like, was the craziest thing. And that's when like, I started to learn Arabic and I mm-hmm. started to learn like more of like the local slang, I would say, um, of Arabic, because that's like the kids that I was around. And it was funny because right. like they would speak in English and Arabic and they interchange their sentence. So like it could literally like the sentence could start with like two words in English, switch to Arabic and then end with English again. And you're like, what? That's um, a lot. <laughs> yeah. And so I would start to pick up on certain words that they mm. would use a lot. And so I like, we'd like be like standing in a group, like talking or whatever. And I would like throw out an Arabic word, like in like a sentence. And if everyone kept rolling with it, then I'd be like, okay, cool. I know what that means. And if people would just like stop and look at me, then I was like, okay, <laughs> wrong meaning, wrong meaning. <laughs> like I don't understand that word. Um, but it was really funny. And so like, it was also funny because my dad working at the hospital was in Arabic classes. So Mm. he, um, he was like, became fluent in Arabic, like knew all the vocab was just like really good at it. But his accent is so American, (laughs) which is hilarious because he just had like an American teacher that was teaching him Mm. Arabic. Whereas like my, like, I don't know vocab very well. I can read it and write it fluently still, but um, my vocab was like really lacking. And so like Mm. I can converse, I think with like a child kind of, Um, but my accent, like I could fool Arabs to thinking that I was Lebanese. Like that's apparently my accent that I have. Mm. And so, um, so it was really funny because like, I'd be like, dad, I wish I could just like give you my accent (laughs) so that you would actually sound like, you know, and I'm like, and I wish you could give me your vocab, but um, yeah, so I was at that school, my 10th and 11th grade year. And, Mm. um, and I, what was it about that environment that, that did make you open up? Like, was it just like, I have to adapt. <laughs> like, I think, I think part of it was, yeah. yeah. Um, I think, I think what was so hard for me, like being this, and I'll admit I was a very closed minded American growing up with mm-hmm. my little bubble of country. Um, but <laughs> I think, I think what I was just really looking for was like normalcy in my head, mm-hmm. um, which sounds terrible to say, but I think just like that routine again. And so the all girl school that I went to, those girls were crazy. And so they like, it just, it was just like a very stressful time. And then being homeschooled, like I was just in my bubble that much more of just being alone. Mm. And, um, and we like, we had church and stuff, but our church was made up of like 
Canadians, Americans, like some um, Europeans, like lots of like British or like South African and Australianers and mm. like stuff like that. And so, and it was all these people who were like, oh, we love the UAE. We love living here. Yeah. Like forget all the other countries. We live here. <laughs> and so I was like, I'm not at that same level. Like I miss America. Take me back. And, um, and so I think when I went to that international school, it was just like, like I'd be sitting at a table with like one of my Sudanese friends and she like, I forget what TV show we were talking about, but let's say Gilmore Girls just as like an example. But she'd be <laughs> always, like, oh my gosh. always. Yeah. Right. But she'd be like, oh my gosh, did you watch that episode on Gilmore Girls? And I'm like, what? Like, you know, that show, like, mm. and then we'd be talking about music and it'd be like, oh my gosh, have you heard this new, like Kanye song or like something <laughs> like that. And it was just like, this feeling of like, oh my gosh, you guys are exactly like me. You just live in a different area. Mm. And I think that honestly was like, that's what flipped the switch in my head. Like, mm -hmm. and I think it was also because in my head, the area that I grew up in, in America was just very much like all Arabs are Muslims who hate America, who want to kill us. Like it was just mm. like the extremists. And so right. I think I was just kind of like, yeah, these people, they ride camels to school and they, which is not true. Um, but like in my head, I was like, yeah, this is just, they know nothing about the world. They're just like mm. savages almost. And so I think that was like a big thing to just be like, oh my gosh, you guys are normal and you're not extremists. You actually are just as scared of the extremists mm. as we are. And you also hate the extremists because they give you a bad reputation. Like, right. and, it, and, it, and then it was like, and you no pop culture and you mm -hmm. like talk about selena gomez and you <laughs> like you know and so it was these crazy things that was literally like we're the same mm -hmm. but we just grew up differently and so yeah. that like opened me up like crazy and my parents could even see it like it was in that moment that i actually started loving living there and mm -hmm. um and thought and you that hated I hated it when you left. Yes, seriously. <laughs> oh my gosh. So we what we, a cautionary tale. Oh my gosh, I know. And so like, so I had two bad years there, and then like two and a half like amazing years, and then um, and then some like family stuff started happening, and so I also was struggling with that. But I was like loving where I was living. I just wasn't handling it the best, like mm -hmm. my own personal things, and so then my parents and like our, my sisters were back in the States and like all of us were kind of dealing with a bunch of stuff. And so my dad was like, I feel God saying that we need to kind of reunite as a family. And mm. I think it's time that we move back to the States, which like was a wild concept for me. Cause I thought my parents would be over there for years and I'd be right. like visiting them for Christmas and like stuff like that. And, um, and I, I was, I dealt with being very angry in that moment because we moved my middle sister over the summer before her senior year of high school and to the mm. Middle East. And she did not adjust well to having to graduate over right. there. And, um, and my parents were like, Oh yeah, like this, you know, this is hard on her. And, um, and so in my head I was like, Oh cool. Well, they're never going to do that to me. Like, you know, <laughs> and, and here I had spent two years with these kids that I absolutely loved. And, um, and so then we moved back to the same small country town mm. in Virginia um, yep. the summer before my senior year of high school. And so I graduated back at the, my elementary school wow. at K through 12th grade, um, which was wild. So I actually had four different or three different high schools technically in four years. Mm. Um, but yeah. And like military. 
yeah, person, almost, but not, you know, <laughs> exactly. And, um, and that was something interesting too. Like, I remember talking to my parents and I was like, if we have to go back to America, like, can we go back to someplace new? Like, let's move to mm-hmm. a different state. Let's go to this new city of, even though I hated being the new kid. Like I was like, I would <laughs> rather go somewhere who doesn't know me and I can start fresh then like us going back to my hometown was literally like the last time that they really knew me, I was 13. Mm. And like, that was interesting because they'd be like, Oh my gosh, you've changed so much. And then it also was like, like my teachers in high school, like some of them thought that I would have the same views as when I left. And I was like, no, I was like, if anything, like my faith has changed. My views on faith Mm. has changed. Like, you know, my views on the world has changed. And I actually found myself being like very angry at Americans. And I was like, I don't want (laughs) to be here. Like Americans are all pigheaded. I just want to leave. Like, you know, and I was like, I'm an Arab now, like forget (laughs) being here. Like I, man, it was, it was a hard year for sure. Um, and I think that's also like why I love Liberty so much was because mm. it was this like international, just bunch of like missionary kids or military kids or like people who loved faith and, and had heart permissions or international mm. students who were coming from different right. countries. Like one of my best friends is Filipino for goodness gracious. Like, you know, right. it's like, it's just crazy. Cause I think that just made me appreciate Americans again being at Liberty, but also was like, I'm not the only one that feels this way. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, so again, I felt like included there, but yeah, so it, it was a wild time and I, I miss it constantly. Like mm. thinking we moved back in 2012 and that eight years ago, like that's yeah. insane to me that I've now lived in America, like even more <laughs> like longer than living overseas. And, mm. um, and, and I remember even being at Liberty, like I had three different international trips when I was at Liberty. So mm. one was the Greece internship that we went on. Um, a few months before that, I was back in Greece and Macedonia assisting right. refugees, Arab refugees that were trying to cross the borders. Um, and then it was, I think, two years before that or a year before that, maybe, um, that I had done a missions trip through, uh, through Liberty back when we had like the center for global engagement. Mm. Um, and I went to Jordan and Turkey and we were assisting Syrian and Iraqi refugees there as well. And so it was just so interesting because like any chance I could get that I could afford, I was like, send me out, like, you know, (laughs) get me out of this country. Let me go assist like my fellow Arabs. And um, and stuff like that. And so mm. it's also crazy to think that I haven't been out of the country in like four years. Like that mm. breaks my heart. Um, but yeah, it was such a crazy time. And it, it was, it grew me in so many ways and it put me in so many challenges that like definitely, I think in some ways negatively affected me. But then at the mm. same time, like now looking back, I'm like, man, if I wouldn't have experienced that, like, who would I be in this moment? Like, how would I feel, you know, Mm -hmm. like if I never lived overseas, what would I think of Arabs? Like, Mm -hmm. and now I'm like, they're one of my favorite people groups, which like every people group is amazing, but I'm like, I love Arabs. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So So interesting interesting. too, that your, your parents probably knew that beforehand, that, that Mm -hmm. this would be like such an incredible experience, Mm -hmm. but they knew that it was going to be difficult, yes. <laughs> like yeah. that it was going to be hard. And like, 
oftentimes you can't see obviously you can't see this side of it but you can only like when you're going in you're just like okay well I have to trust that this is going to be good for our family or something like that yeah and like the amount of nights that I was like sobbing crying to my dad like why are you doing this please take us back like I cannot imagine like what that did to his heart like and and having to be like no like I'm trusting God. Like, I know this is where we're supposed Mm -hmm. to be. Like, I'm trying to lead my family, like, you Mm -hmm. know, and and be that leader. And I literally cannot imagine, like, on his Mm -hmm. end. And also, like, another fun thing that happened from it is my middle sister and I, um, so I have two older sisters, and we're each four years apart. So I'm eight years younger than my oldest, and then four years from my middle. And so, like, when you're growing up, you have an elementary, a middle schooler, and a high schooler. And so you're all very different in your walking Yeah, Um, Yeah, especially you and the eight. Eight, like that's a big jump mm-hmm. eight years is yeah is, like I was yeah. 10 when she went off to college yeah um and so yeah so it it definitely was hard growing up and my middle sister and I we just had a lot of friction growing up mm. and um and so when we moved overseas originally we were all each other had who like really understood what we each were going through and mm. um and so she and I became super close when we moved overseas and and so like thinking about it and, and my oldest sister did too, cause she, like, she would come and visit. And then we, as we all started getting older, like now it feels like we're just a couple years apart. Um, right, right. But, but it was really interesting because I, like, I thought about that the other day and I was like, I wonder what mine and Melissa's relationship would have been like if we never had that bonding experience, right. like, would we still have a little bit of like tension between us or would we have mm. eventually had something else that would have bonded us? Like what that would yeah. have looked like. But, um, but yeah, but yeah, thinking about like my parents and, and even thinking about like my mom having to be like, okay, I may not agree with this move, but I'm following right. my husband in faith. Like, you know, mm. and I just can't. And like, we were leaving my oldest sister behind. She was a senior in college and we actually moved a couple months before her graduation. And, um, and wow, so like thinking <laughs> about, yeah, like thinking about leaving her behind. And so it was just mm-hmm. like all these different things. Like I cannot imagine what my parents had to go through to like, do, like, take on that risk of faith and be like okay god like this is what we're doing we it's so that. funny how you lo- you definitely look back on your life and you're like wow these decisions that my parents did actually were great yeah, <laughs> yeah. like i might have been very upset in the moment yeah. but yeah. now I well see it's that funny how <laughs> yeah i mean when you're a teenager and growing up like you're just feeling so many things Mm-hmm. That you're oh like so many emotions what yeah so many things. <laughs> um I want to ask with your dad being a, a doctor and uh, and then like choosing to uproot your family as a missionary like how much pressure did you feel on yourself or did you feel any of like even if it was inward pressure of like I I I have to do something well or I have to succeed mm-hmm. like did you feel any of that growing up Oh, a hundred percent. And so, so much. Every um, day. Every day. Um, and it wasn't like, it was nothing that he put on me like right. whatsoever, but it was one of those things that like, one, he's a dad of three daughters. So mm. poor him. Um, but <laughs> no son, sorry. Girl dad. Um, yeah, but, dad. um, yeah, he loved right, it. Right. I don't yeah, know. Girl dad. Um, yeah, but he loved it. But it was also like, like, I remember, um, and, and he went to the University of Virginia. So also mm. another, like, he, like, got, like, a full-ride scholarship. Like, like it was, like, went to medical school, like, became a doctor, like, crazy, crazy things. And, um, and so I remember just, like, inwardly having this pressure of, like, okay, I need to be smart enough to get into UVA. Definitely was not. 
um, <laughs> and or like, okay, maybe I need to be pre-med or like different things like that. And so, and it was interesting because like my oldest sister applied to UVA, I think got like waitlisted, but she was really like the only chance of one of us going to UVA. Like, um, and so, so that didn't happen. And then she ended up going to JMU, which is another great school. And, um, and so she was pre-med for a little bit. And I think that made my dad kind of excited because it's not like he can really like pass on his company to like, you know, like another heir or something like, so it was kind of was like, Oh, cool. So she was like pre-med for a little bit and then changed. And I think was like a math major at one point and then ended up going to psychology. And that was, you know, back in what's your, when was she in college? Like 2004 to 2008. So like Mm. psychology was basically like, if you chose that major, you had nothing else that you could choose. And um, it was just kind of before like the world really started to take it seriously. And so I remember my dad being like, you're a psych major. You can't do anything with that unless you get a master's or a doctorate or Mm. different things like that. Like this is pointless. And, um, So then he had my middle sister who was more like super intelligent as well, but was like more artsy than like math and Mm science-y. And, um, and so, and then she majored in psychology and he was like, (laughs) what is happening? And, um, and so then you had me and I did not have the spoiler alert also majored in psychology. Yeah, also majored in psychology. (laughs) Um, but yeah, definitely did not have the grades like to get into UVA. I think Liberty was actually the only school that I applied for, but it was a school that I truly wanted to go to. So it worked Mm -hmm. out. That's what I told myself. Um, but (laughs) yeah, but so, so then I was majoring in bio my first year. Oh, Um, I remember this. Yes, yes. Yeah, I was majoring in bio, and I was just struggling. Like, I, I'm very much like a listen. It's a struggle. It's so hard, (laughs) and like, I like have really bad like exam anxiety. Like, I can't do Mm. it. And so, my biology classes to get to your thousand points was like four exams, and I was like, okay. So I would just get (laughs) such bad anxiety, and I like I failed. I had to take the bio class. I think two semesters in a row my freshman year, and I just like couldn't do it. And I remember talking to my dad and feeling so ashamed, like Mm. here I was going to be a bio major, which in my head was like, it's not pre-med, but it's kind of the same, like, you know, (laughs) like field ish. And, um, and I couldn't do it. And, um, and so I remember just feeling like so ashamed with that. And I, Mm. and I knew like my dad has always been like, you are so smart. You're like, you can do this. You just get like stressed and you just get anxious and something Mm. happens. But he was like, but you are, you're like, you're intelligent. You can do it. And, um, and so then I switched to psychology and he was like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. (laughs) Um, and so, yeah, but then at that point he had kind of like, like warmed up to the psych major a little bit because my sister, my oldest sister ended up becoming a teacher. She did teach for America, became a teacher and now like uses psychology just in her everyday life. Yeah. And my middle sister was actually like, she got her master's and is now getting licensed as a therapist. And so like, she was actually kind of Listen, I'm here to tell people that I have a bachelor's degree in psychology and you can get a job. (laughs) Yes, yes, exactly. I'm like, it is possible. Um, And so, yeah, so then, um, so then with me switching to psych and, but, but for me, it kind of like my dad took me on this journey to help me figure out for the field that I wanted to go into, like Mm -hmm. what degree would be best. And so psych actually is the best degree for the field that I am in now. Um, Hmm. which is crazy, but yeah. So I wanted to ask that. So describe a little bit what you're doing now and the job that you're doing. So, (laughs) so much. Um, it's like so crazy to say, but, um, I am currently a dolphin trainer at the Miami Seaquarium. 
So, so yeah, <laughs> wild. Um, but yeah, and this is something I have wanted to do this since I was four years old. And so it was so mm. funny because my parents like you know when like you ask a kid like oh what do you want to be when you grow up and everyone's like an astronaut like the president like <laughs> a fireman you know, I, I, yeah a fireman and um and everyone's like yeah okay sure like let's see you become an astronaut one day like you mm-hmm. know and so for me it was like a dolphin trainer and everybody was like cool okay like reality is <laughs> gonna hit you one day and that's not gonna happen and um that and fin's so, gonna yeah, hit you real yeah, hard <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you got to the face and um and so then I remember like that just really stuck with me and mm. when I went off to college like I was looking originally at colleges that had wonderful marine biology programs and um like ODU has a phenomenal one and um and I like went and toured different colleges when I was like 15 and Liberty was actually the only one that I felt pulled to, which is so funny because I also don't really like rules. And so I was like, mm. <laughs> I was like, I don't think I'm ever going to go there. And then mm. went there and loved it. Um, and yeah. And so I like, I remember just being like, okay, like I need a marine biology program. And then my dad was like, look, like you should choose a college for the college and you can work your major around whatever you want to do. Cause right. he was like, a lot of kids change their majors. You just never know. Like you shouldn't pick a school mm-hmm. just because they have the major that you want. And I was like, right. okay, well that seems weird, but sure. And, <laughs> um, and so, yeah. So then I remember and when I was four, we went to SeaWorld in San Antonio, Texas. And I saw um, a killer whale for the first time and was just mm. in awe. And, um, and then I remember like reaching my little arm over into like a dolphin touch pool and the dolphin swam by and I barely got to touch it. And that was the moment that I was like, I'm going to be a dolphin trainer. Like <laughs> at like four years old, I was like, this is it. And, um, and so it was interesting. Cause when I, when I got off to college and, and so kind of like in high school when people would be like, Oh, what do you want to be? And I'd be like, Oh, I want to be a Marine biologist. Like that just mm. sounds a lot more official. Yeah. Than being then like, dolphin, oh, dolphin trainer. <laughs> <laughs> when you're like 18 and you're like, this is my job. And, um, <laughs> And so, yeah. So then well, now it sounds out. super cool. So yeah, no, now I'm like, <laughs> jokes no, on them. Legit. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and so then I remember like in college, it was just so hard. Like I was my roommate, one of my roommates in college was a nursing major. And so like she would come back from her classes and be like, I just got to do this. And I just got to learn this. Mm. And I just got to practice this. And I'm like, cool, I'm studying psychology on humans and this is nothing <laughs> to do with what I want to do in life. And, um, and so I would just like, my, my passion and my fire would just kind of die throughout the mm. school year, to be honest. And, um, and so- I think I remember you saying that you did want to do that. I, I mm-hmm. vaguely remember. And, I was, and in my head, I was like, why are you studying psych? <laughs> if I got to be honest, I was like, wait, why are you here now? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, but for real. And, um, yeah. and so yeah. I and- wonder like now that you're actually doing what you love and what you're passionate about and like, how does that really does that influence like what you learned from psych? Like, or how do you use it in a practical sense? Like obviously yeah. dolphins, I guess you can't really help their mental health. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, how do you use that? mm -hmm, So, it was so interesting because um, when my passion would die, like my dad ended up taking me to SeaWorld in Orlando and SeaWorld San San Diego um, two Mm. different summers or two different spring breaks. And whenever I could get close to one of the trainers, I would be like, hi, like I'm in college. I'm trying to figure out how to be you like, you know, tell me what to do. And so it was so interesting because I remember and it stuck with me that one of the trainers was like, you need to major in psychology. 
And I was like, mm. what? what? I'm sorry. I don't understand. <laughs> like this, this doesn't make sense. And, um, and they were like, no, like they were like, psychology is the best like degree to have to get into this field. Like marine biology is great. Or like zoology is also great. And they're like, but like, we have a dolphin trainer here who is like a language arts major. And I was like, right. And, um, and so, yeah, so that was when I actually switched from, that was when I was struggling in biology. So I switched from biology to psychology and, um, which now I think Liberty actually has like a zoology program, which I'm so mm-hmm. excited for them about, but yeah. also bitter, a little bit bitter. Um, <laughs> but, and so, yeah, so then it was, and I, and I remember going through school then being a psych major and I would meet people and they'd be like, oh, okay, like, what are you studying? And I'm like, psychology. And they're like, cool, what are you going to do with it? And I'm like, I'm going to be a dolphin trainer. And they're like, what? <laughs> and, um, and the, like, so many people would crack jokes about like, oh, you're going to help counsel the dolphins. Like, you know, like something. <laughs> that like it was just kind of like how are you going to help them and um and for for a few minutes I like couldn't figure out exactly what that entailed because the Mm. trainer also never really explained why psychology was a good Mm. idea she was just like like, do it yeah she was like just do psychology and like had to keep like feeding the animals and um and so I and so there was a time where at one point I was like well maybe I want to do like um therapy with the animals like there is you have like the equine therapy with horses like and and you and there are facilities that do dolphin therapy with like traumatized like kids and like stuff like that and so I was like maybe that's what it is like maybe that's what I want to do and um and so then now that like when I when I was doing my internship at Clearwater I'm so grateful that I had a psychology background because I was like this is just kind of weird that like psych is like the main degree that everybody wants on your resume when you're like applying Mm. for this um, but being there, it made so much sense. And it's because everything that we do in our daily lives with these animals is behavior modification, mm. which is crazy to think about. And yeah. so like, it is I remember all about, that class. Right? <laughs> like now I'm like, wow, there are certain classes that I'm so grateful that I really paid attention <laughs> in. Um, yeah. But yeah. And so, so behavior modification. And so like everything that we do and the best, the best analogy that I can think of is you're, you're putting money in a bank in a sense. And so it's like, not only are you trying to build this relationship with this animal, but you're also like trying to reinforce them in certain ways. And so mm. everything that we do with training these animals is positive reinforcement. Um, and so it's like, okay, if I ask you to do this behavior and you actually choose to do it, cause you are your own entity, you can choose not mm. to participate if you want right. to, and that's okay. But if you choose to do this behavior and you do it to the desired criteria, then I will reinforce you. And I can reinforce you with food because that's a primary reinforcer. Or if you have a favorite toy, I can reinforce you with that favorite toy. Like I can make it mm. so fun that you did that behavior that you're mm. going to want to do it again because you're going right. to be like, Oh, this was really fun. And then if they happen to do like an undesired behavior or they choose not to participate, then that's fine. We just kind of walk away. And, um, and mm. we say, cool, like you don't want to participate. I'm not going to beg you. And I'm also not going to force you to, so yeah. I'm just going to walk away. And then they're like, Oh, it's like parenting in a way. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. And then, and it's interesting because once you have that strong relationship with the animal, then they, they just really want to be with you and they want your attention. And so then Mm. it's like, okay, well, if, 
if I don't do this behavior or if I do something that's undesired and you leave, then that's not fun and I want to have fun mm. and I want to get reinforced. Yeah. And so it's all about this like behavior modification and some behaviors like all their medical behaviors. Like we ask for blood samples. We do ultrasounds on the animals. Like, mm. and all of that is them just willing to lay there and participate. Yeah. And so, but those are the behaviors that we will actually like put more money into the bank. So we like work on those every single day and like really reinforce them. And, um, and so it's different things like that. And you also find different things that like each animal is so it's just so individual. And so like yeah. one of the dolphins at Clearwater thrives off of exercise, loves it. I'm like, good for you. I'm not that way, but good for you. <laughs> and, um, and so if he does a behavior and he like, you know, and he comes back to you, you could send him on an exercise behavior and that would be so reinforcing for him. Like mm. sometimes exercise is actually even more reinforcing than food for him. Like, and so, so it is, yeah. And so yeah. It, you have to figure out like one of the dolphins at Clearwater also loves being sprayed in the mouth with water. And sometimes that's <laughs> more reinforcing than food for her. Like, so you just have to learn kind of what they really enjoy and also read their body language and, and mm. just really like understand. And they also have to trust you, which is a big thing. And so you know, they're not going to lay there while you're taking a blood sample if they don't trust you to support them, if they don't trust mm. you that you're going to keep them safe while the other dolphins are swimming around, like stuff right. like that. And so it, it is really interesting to have the like psych background. And I think mm. like one of the girls that I was interning with had a marine biology background, which is great if you want to do the vet side or you want to do mm. like anything that really needs to know the ins and outs of the animal, like that's phenomenal. But for training, like behavior is the most important. And so right. I remember like, she'd be like, I don't know, like half of these terms. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, these were in all my psych classes. <laughs> like, like this all makes sense in my head. Like, um, how do you see a difference? Like with, is there a distinct difference of dolphins with humans? Like the way they like learn things or the way they process is there, is it very similar or is it in some ways? Yes. So, which is also really interesting. They're also way more intelligent than we yeah, are. Yeah, 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 and, um, and If there's and, one thing I knew about dolphins growing up, it's that they were really smart. Yeah, that, that's so like, intelligent, yeah. which is crazy. Um, sometimes too much for their own good, but, <laughs> but they... Sometimes but, humans too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the, and, and I think that's also what's crazy to think about is like, when you're looking into the eyes of the animal, sometimes you can just see something click inside of them and they just mm -hmm. get it. Like watching, I, I haven't had the opportunity to train a behavior yet. That's actually something that I will be doing within the next few months, which I'm so excited about um, training a behavior from the ground, like mm -hmm. up. And so, but I, I've gotten to witness other trainers do it and watching the moment where the trainers are guiding them step by step and they're doing all these little approximations to get each next part of the behavior and then all of a sudden, like you just see it click in the animal and they put it all together and it's phenomenal. It's so cool to see. Mm. And, um, and it, it is almost like, honestly, it's almost like a dog, but in mm. like the water. And so they, yeah. um, just because like, you can just tell, especially like I, I was sitting, um, in just area watching the other day and I like looked down and we have a dolphin named Denise cracks me up um but denise just like looked up name. right i love i love when animals have human names so she she just like looked up at me and we just like connected like we had our eye contact and i could just literally feel her being like hmm 
what do I want to do? Like, <laughs> and it was just like, which is very like, it's anthropomorphic. Like we, you know, mm. giving them human characteristics, but it, it was just like such a cool thing that I was like, man, what are you thinking right now? Yeah. Like, I know I can see that you're thinking something, but what is it? And, um, and so it is, it's really cool because learning how to communicate with these animals and knowing that they understand us is also mm. wild in my yeah. like head. Like we use hand signals to ask them to do different behaviors. And then we have these like high pitched whistles that inform them that they're doing a great job. And, um, mm. and so it's like the fact that I literally can have my own language with this dolphin is wild and know that so I know what they understand and that they know that I'm understanding yeah. like, you know, it is, it's so cool. And, but it is cool to see their brains like connect and to see mm. them get so excited. Like one of the dolphins at Clearwater, when he would get the answer right to a really hard question, he would go and do this crazy jump to celebrate. Like he would get <laughs> so excited because we would do like, not only do they do the exercise behaviors where they jump and flip, um, but we also do cognitive behaviors. And so mm. one of the behaviors at Clearwater is called match to sample. And so it's where you have someone stand on the other side of the pool and they have like a couple of different objects. You can work your way up to 10 different objects, like however many objects you want, but you start off with a few at the beginning. And then mm. you have the dolphin in front of you on the other side of the pool. You show them one of the objects and you show it to them. And then you ask them to swim across and match it. And, um, wow. and it was always so cool to watch him like get so excited when he would pick the correct one. And, mm -hmm. um, and, and you could change it by adding more objects. You could change it by having them move even farther away so that as the mm -hmm. animal's swimming, they have to really think longer on what that object was. You can have the same shape of an object, but different colors and they can mm -hmm. pick the same color that you showed them. And so it's phenomenal. So he would get so excited. Like if we <laughs> made it harder the next time that we saw him then, and he got the correct answer, he would freak out. Like he'd get so excited. And it was so cool to see that because you're like, you're just as excited about learning as yeah. I am right now. Like, mm. so it, it is amazing to see those like little parts of their personality peek out and, mm. and be like, Oh my gosh, like you're, you're not just an animal. Like you're, you have like a personality, you have mm. a brain, like you're thinking this through and um, so yeah, so it is cool to see it's, yeah. it's similar to humans in some ways, but then like also not, um, yeah. yeah. What do you think it is about sea creatures in general that like, obviously you love, but in just like people love in general, I feel like people are so fascinated with sea animals in general. And the, I mean, people are always like, Oh, the ocean, we know nothing. Like there, there's so many things we don't know about it and things like that. But what do you think it is about it that we just instinctively like want to know more, but also love about it? I don't know. If yeah. That makes sense, but. Um, I think honestly, I think it's because it's so like not unnatural. Um, that's not the right word. I would say just not the norm. It's not mm -hmm. normal for us. And, and I think that was always something like I always felt drawn to the ocean. Like even as a kid, if I was having a bad day, like and if we were at the beach, right? <laughs> Literally walking into the wave, only the waves would do that. Um, the ocean calls me. Um, but yeah. And so I think like, it's just, I think there's like a fear behind it because you're like, Ooh, mm. I don't know what's down there. Yeah. Um, but I think there's also just this like beauty because a lot of people like even thinking about how they have an aquarium up in Chicago, shed aquarium, like mm -hmm. people up in Chicago 
do they, are they able to travel to the beach? Maybe not. Are they able to go scuba diving? Maybe not. But mm-hmm. then they can go to this aquarium in the middle of the city and see these animals that they know are mm. out there. That's just kind of like, whoa. And, um, and so I think, honestly, I think that would probably be such like the pull towards it is the fact mm-hmm. that it's something that we don't see on a daily basis. Um, and, and then it's also like just something beautiful and also frightening kind of at the same mm. time that mm. like people want to explore more, but it's not easy to go explore the ocean. Yeah. Like, you know, and so I, I think it is, I think it's just this mystery almost that makes mm. people be like, wow, this is phenomenal. Um, yeah. and I know that was kind of what it was for me. Like I, like I said, I've always been drawn to the ocean, <laughs> but I think it was just this idea that was like, God decided to create this land that I can see every day and that I can explore the animals that are around me and stuff like that. But it's like, he also took the time to create all of this water and every single creature that lives in this Mm. water, whether it's a tiny crab or it's a massive whale. Like, and and so I think that's the cool thing for me was it's just like, this is a whole different world that I can explore, like, and, and really get to know, um, and, and be a part of. Mm, that's awesome that's really cool um well last I did want to ask lastly is what interestingly enough like advice would you give to people that want to go into this studying psychology I guess is like (laughs) the ultimate answer (laughs) yes um but yeah I mean yeah would you recommend like people intern like do all like Mm. is there a lot of is I mean it it feels like it's a very specific thing like dolphin like dolphin trainer is very specific yeah (laughs) um which I think is so great um but if there are is there anybody listening I hope there is (laughs) um you know that does want to you know maybe go into something like this what would you recommend them to do Um, so definitely majoring in psychology (laughs) is such like, who knew that it would be so profound (laughs) in this career. Um, but honestly, like psychology, zoology or, um, or marine biology are all good options for majoring in kind of just kind of whatever suits you more. Um, but the training side of things definitely like psychology is so helpful and, um, and doing internships. The, the struggle with this field is that there are so many people that want to do it but there's so few jobs for it. And so it's Mm. an extremely competitive field, which makes it so tricky. And, and everything, like every facility for the most part is either a nonprofit or um, for the most part, they're just nonprofits. And so there's only three facilities in the entire nation that actually do paid internships and every other facility is all unpaid. And so it's, it's definitely a tricky thing. Um, but doing internships. And so, you know, while you're in college, doing a summer internship is really beneficial if you can afford it. I couldn't. And so I didn't do my internships until after I graduated college. Mm -hmm. But, um, and even starting from just starting to get animal experience on your resume, like you're not just going to be immediately accepted into a like dolphin training internship, like you have to start somewhere. And so volunteering at a humane society or animal shelter, like getting comfortable around animals, learning that you can read their body language and and understand what they're going to do. And even probably um, working at an aquarium. (laughs) Yeah. 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 You know, even just like, yeah, like working, working at an aquarium, if you're close to something like getting a job, working at PetSmart, like, you know, little Mm. things like that. And then like for me using, not a sponsor. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then like using what is accessible to you. Like I did a horse training internship while I was right. at Liberty. And so that having that experience with horses, which was a large animal is what was able to actually like get me to the Clearwater Marine Aquarium internship, which is a very mm. competitive internship. And so, you know, that, um, so like doing those baby steps, but definitely interning, like before you can get an entry level position, which is what I'm in now, you usually have to have at least six months to a year mm. of unpaid experience, um, which is a lot. So my internship yeah. was a full year, um, which was crazy to think about that I spent a year <laughs> of doing full-time work for free. Um, but yeah, so so just kind of taking Those dolphins appreciated steps. it. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm like very grateful because I'm like, okay, <laughs> it was all worth it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so like just, and, and honestly, like being a strong swimmer. So we have mm -hmm. swim tests that we have to com like complete in order. That's like the first step. Wow, that's something that's test. so practical, but I wouldn't even think of it. That know, makes so right? much sense because you're right? probably in the water a lot, but. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like <laughs> proving that you're a strong swimmer, every interview that you do, you're going to have a swim test first. And if you don't pass a swim test, that's it. If you do pass mm. the swim test, then you actually get to meet with a person and physically interview with them. Um, so yeah, they so just throw you in the pool at first. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Um, and so, yeah. So like being a strong swimmer, um, being strong on a microphone because we do presentations, mm. we give those speeches. And so, you know, having that public speaking is also really helpful, which I'm so yeah. grateful in psych classes when we had to do group projects, yeah. which I hated yeah. at the time. But now I'm like, wow, I was okay with standing <laughs> up and speaking in front of people. Right. Um, but yeah, so it's like all these little things that you wouldn't fully think about, mm. but just like really, and I think honestly, at the end of the day, like, yes, it's a competitive field. It doesn't pay that much. So you also need to be, have like the realisticness <laughs> that you're not going to have a strong income with this job. Um, but just having your passion fuel you and understand mm -hmm. that you could get so many no's, but then you're going to get a yes one day. And mm -hmm. it, and like thinking about all my journey of getting to this point of now being a right. dolphin trainer in Miami, like there, there were so many no's that I got. There were so many what ifs that I got. And, and then like I had a spreadsheet of jobs that I was applying to as I was interning at Clearwater and some of them I heard back and they said, no, some of them I never heard back from, but I probably mm -hmm. applied to 25 different dolphin training jobs before I finally got this one in Miami. What and kind of kept you going during that? Like the hard yeah. Yeah, grind it, of it all. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> because I was applying while I was still in an internship, I think for my mental state that helped me because when mm -hmm. I would get so low and just be like, I just want a job so bad. Then I would show up the next day to my internship and I would just see those adorable gray blubbery faces. And I would be like, <laughs> I can do it. I can do it. Like one day this is going to be me. And I think too, mm. like one of the, one of the advanced interns who was mentoring me a little bit, I saw her get a job at SeaWorld in Orlando and I saw her journey of getting no, 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 no. Mm. And then she got the yes. And like, she is thriving now and I'm yeah. so excited for her. And so it, I think that was kind of like when I would feel like this is ridiculous, which COVID also did not help that. But um, <laughs> when, when I would just kind of get really upset that I was getting on the, all these no's, it just in some ways like really put me down, but also ignited my fire that much more because it was like, I know deep down, that this is what I'm supposed to do. I don't mm. know when it's going to happen. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I know that this is what I'm supposed to do. And every day that I show up and I work hard with these animals, like 
It just right. proves to me that I want it that much more. And I'm willing to do this unpaid internship for a year to get it. Like, and, mm-hmm. um, and so I think it, and it was also like my family being so proud of me and, mm-hmm. um, and just being like, you said that you were going to do this since you were a little kid. And we <laughs> it's almost accountability, it isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and it's it was being like, like, don't give up. Like you're already yeah. this far. <laughs> yeah. You're so close. And, um, you have a dolphin it, in front of you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, but I think honestly, like my mom and my sisters just being like, how can we help? How can we support you? Like, this is so cool. Mm. We want to come visit. And like my dad, like hearing my dad look at me and be like, I am so proud of you while I'm doing this unpaid internship. Like (laughs) it was just this amazing moment of like, Mm. yes, like this is it. I've been working for this in so many random ways, but I've been working for this my whole life and finally here. And so honestly, like having the job now, like there are a lot of days that are really hard. Like, you know, there are days that you cry. There are days that you come home and like you hit your bed and you just fall right to sleep. Like it's, it's a, it's a hard job, but at the same mm. time, like no matter how many buckets I have to clean, no matter <laughs> how much dead fish I touch every single day or smell like it, like it is so worth it. And it is just amazing to be at this point. And I'm so excited to see like where this career is going to take me. Yeah, for sure. For sure. We'll check back with you in like 10 years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You never know. (laughs) I think it's so important and valid and just, yeah, important. I I keep thinking of a different word, but that's the only word that's coming to mind. Um, Of like seeing someone and hearing someone that had this passion, but maybe went and did some other things or Mm -hmm. studied something not specific. And then, but still keeping that one thing in your brain of like, this is what I really want to do. And it shows, it can show people like there's so many ways to get to where you want to, where you want to be. You there, obviously you could have like theoretically not gone to school and then just Mm -hmm. like, done internships for the rest of it like Mm -hmm. that could have been one path or you could have studied marine biology or zoology Mm -hmm. or whatever Mm -hmm. so it's just so interesting that there's like i guess like trust the path that you're on and know that like you're gonna you're gonna get to the place where if you have that drive and that passion like you're gonna Mm -hmm. get there uh, and I do hope that if I do ever visit Miami, I can come and meet a dolphin. Yes. Uh, okay, cool. <laughs> Listen, that's yes. all I wanted from this. That's, all. that's it. That's the only thing. I just want to meet Denise. That's all I yes. want. <laughs> oh, Denise. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Um, well, every listener knows that I do ask uh, our guests um, two questions at the end of the episode. Every <laughs> Every episode. <laughs> Every, I hope every listener looks forward to them. So firstly being, if I was able to hand you a blank check and say, use this towards your passion, how would you use that? Um, such a good question. No pressure. No, I know. Um, so okay. Honestly, I think I, and I, and this is also like part of my passion, but I, I would honestly love to somehow use a blank check, use all this money to be able to show the world more of the beauty of having animals under human care um, and, and the benefit that we are giving them in their lives, but also to be able to show them how 
they actually live better lives under human care than they are living out in the wild because of mm -hmm. all the pollution that we're doing. And so using that money not only to help spread the promotion of all the good that we do, but also um, to be Education able to Education almost. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, um, and also to be able to use that money to help those species out in the wild that are going extinct, that are like just really struggling mm -hmm. like that man, like wild animals are also a big passion of mine. Like one day when I retire, I'll probably become a researcher or something. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think just this, the education, I would love mm -hmm. to just be able to open up people's minds and hearts to this industry that is being just chastised so much and, and being really hated on a lot, especially recently. And so just to be able to educate and show everyone the good that we do, I think would probably be what I would do with the money. Yeah, that's so great. I feel like that is definitely another hour discussion we can talk about. <laughs> yeah, if you do, a, if oh, you do a different podcast, let me know. Yeah, 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 yeah. right, right, right. Um, that's Ccast is what I'll call yeah, it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, that's great. I love hearing everyone's different answers, so that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and then secondly, of course, what are you loving right now? And I also answer this, so if you want to think about it, I don't know if you have one, but... Yeah. <laughs> or multiple I always tell people like it can be multiple things too so yeah yeah um I would say okay so I think I think I have an answer okay cool, um, cool, cool. well <laughs> yeah naturally being married is pretty awesome so um, yeah, yeah, so yeah. loving being married but uh I think kind of tied into that is um I'm just loving the fact that like I get to be married to my best friend and he supports me and, you know, is, is mm. so excited for me in my career. And, and his career also is like, he's going to get an amazing opportunity in Miami. And so it's, it's just this, almost like this concept that I'm like, if you would have asked me five years ago where my life would have been, like, I never would have imagined that I would be in such a wonderful place right now. Like the idea that I'm, I'm married to an amazing man and we're both following our dreams, but we get to do that together and it doesn't pull yeah. us apart from anything. It gets to just push us stronger together. And, and I think honestly, that's what I'm loving is the <laughs> fact that I finally found someone who, who can join me in my journey and can also go on his own journey at the same time mm. that I can join him in. So yeah, I think that would have yeah. to be my answer for that. You're just loving your life. That's really what <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, I am. <laughs> That's so great. That's awesome. Um, I So by the time this comes out, we'll, we'll, it'll be like two weeks until Christmas, which is exciting, okay. or a week uh, well. um, by the time this comes out. So <laughs> I'm excited for Christmas. Yes. I, I, but I mean, as of recording this, I'm list, already listening to Christmas music. I mean, yes, ben so I know. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> That that truly that is what I'm loving is the Ben Rector Christmas album. <laughs> this is ben Rector Christmas. It's incredible. All uh, the Christmassy things. I'm just yeah. excited to get um in the in the Christmas spirit. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I'm loving. Um well Mariah, thank you so much for yeah. being on. We're already at the end. It went it goes by so quickly. Oh my gosh, it really does. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just like talking in a coffee shop right it's just yeah like out. Uh, coffee shop um <laughs> uh, that thing we used to do oh man <laughs> <laughs> um well where can everyone go find i mean you're on instagram but if yeah. people want to kind of follow you where can they go find you yeah so um so definitely instagram um right now i'm at mrs.cornoski 
Um, but you can find me through uh, the Passion Project um, Instagram. Like, just look in the followers and you'll see me. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so definitely Instagram or Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. Honestly, like I, you know, I just love connecting with people. So whether yeah. you're in Florida and you're in the Miami area and you just want to meet up and, and talk yeah. about life, um, or if, you know, if this is also potentially a passion of yours and you just want more information, like I, you know, would love to, to meet up with everyone. Or if you just want to follow my own journey, um, (laughs) then yeah, feel free to, feel free to find me on Instagram or Facebook and, and you'll hopefully see some amazing photos of dolphins. (laughs) But, um, but yeah. And we'll provide all of that in the description below so y'all can go and find all of that. Um, of course, go ahead and share this episode with all your friends and your family and every, just everyone, you know, all those dolphin lovers out there. Yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, follow us, passionproject.pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you again. It's been such a great discussion. And um, yeah. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye.